Ladies and gentlemen, this is the voice of TBT, Bob Rathbun, welcoming you to another edition of Inside TBT. Here are your hosts, Andrew and Joey. Welcome back to Inside TBT. Get excited. College basketball is over. Congrats to whichever team won, because we're recording this a few days before. Congrats to the North Carolina Tar Heels for beating Duke and ending Coach K's career. I think that you know the result of that. But it is officially TBT season. Teams are applying. Alumni are announcing that they are playing for their teams. A perfect example is the guy we have on today's show, Jason Smith, 12-year NBA veteran. Very generic name, but we promise he is a real person, and he is hilarious. Playing for Ram Up, the Colorado State alumni team. Joey, is Jason Smith our new best friend? Absolutely, and we we, we say that, you know how people say we don't say that lightly or don't take whatever. Like, we actually say that all the time, but this time it's like for real. He was, he was awesome. He was a blast. You going into it, you were like, Hey, I got a feeling like this is going to be a really good one. And I was like, all right, whatever. Like any guy that's an NBA vet, you are a little nervous about just because they could in theory, big time you, he did not. He was awesome. He answered our questions very thoughtfully. He was very engaging and it was like a conversation the whole time. And he was hilarious. Like his mannerisms were just yeah. hilarious, which uh, I don't know if you guys are going to see much of the video of it, but if you could, it's hilarious, but we're going to have him on again. He was a blast. And I just pray to God that we get to hang out with him in person. Cause he was, he was awesome. I mean, not recorded, but we open up the zoom, never met this guy before. And he just goes, Andrew, Andrew, <laughs> let's do this. Like that was the introduction to him. And, um, and not to mention, he wasn't in gallery mode on his phone or iPad or whatever. So he just saw Andrew and I was talking to him. He's like, "What? what's going on? <laughs> so as, as we get closer to TBT, you guys know how this works. Um, we hype up players. We hype up teams for the next few months. And then, you know, towards the end of April, early May, we start learning stuff. Who's playing? Who's not playing? Teams starting to form. Who's going to be in which, which region potentially? The mystery region being revealed. So all that stuff's coming soon. But for now, we're focusing on interviews. We're focusing on stories from our guys. And Jason Smith had a hell of a bunch of stories. And they're all great. Let's get to them right now. Joey, any – oh, one more thing. Shout out to our guy, Denny, making all the music for Inside yes. TBT, the official – Rapper of TBT bangers. The intro song. I like that. The official, the, he obviously hit the official official title for him is not. He's the music for TBT, but I like him to be the official rapper of Inside TBT. I like that. The official banger maker of Inside TBT. Ooh, I like that too. That's Denny. Check him out at Denny. He's got great music. The opening song is called Cabana. Exit song. The outro is called Game perfect because we're back. i love i love cabana that's a banger yeah. i actually like have it pre-saved on my phone like it's so it's unbelievable big yeah fan. all right shout out jason smith shout out denny and let's get to our interview all right joining us now on inside tbt former nba player playing this summer for the Colorado State alumni team, now does work 
with the Wizards. Jason Smith, welcome to the show. Well, thank you guys for having me. Appreciate it. Let's talk some basketball, baby. I'm kind of learning this as I go along, but uh, it's going to be fun and interesting. Yeah, the, the TBT is fun and interesting. We, me and Andrew, are fun and interesting. You seem like a guy who is very fun and interesting. One thing right off the top that could be fun and interesting, is there a team name for the alumni team? Are you just guys just going to roll with the alumni? You know, that's still in the works. There's a lot of things that still have to be hashed out. Um, we're getting approval for using the logo. I think we just got that. We're getting approval for practice times at the university. Um, we're still kind of solidifying our roster. It's it's been a learning process as we go, but a lot of the other big schools, they don't have a problem of finding alumni to try and play in these games. Well, Colorado State, we haven't really been known as a basketball school. This year, the last couple of years, we've risen up, and it's been a great opportunity for the players to kind of get national known. And, and it's fun to see all those guys have the success that they're having. But as we're going along, we're kind of learning as we go. Derek Stevens, he was a player right before my time was playing at Colorado State. He went to the tournament. He was the last, it was the last team to actually win the Mountain West Conference tournament. And he's telling me, he's really relaying the information to me as we go. So it's, it's fun. It's interesting. It's kind of one of those things where you get a, a group of guys together and you go out there and have fun and have a last hurrah. And I think that's kind of what we're doing this year. Yeah. So right now on Twitter, it's Ram Up. Definitely have enough time between now and the start. Yeah. To perfect, yeah, to it's still rough, and in the in the beginning stages, it may change. It may stay the same. We might not care what we're named, but we'll go out there and dominate on the floor. Let our game speak for ourselves. We we need to ask you because you know you haven't played in a while, so I'm curious if you know, like, do you know the ins and outs of TBT? Do you know who you're going to be going up against and what and what the deal is? Because we'll fill you in. But what do you know? So I know that the games, it's got eight different host sites. It's got, we're going to be down in New Mexico, I think, uh, at the pit, a place that I'm very comfortable playing with, dominated there in my college years. Um, lots of different teams. I know Bayheim's Army won last year. It's kind of the NBA all-star game format towards the end of the game to kind of reach a certain scoring point. Um, there could be a last-second shot, but it's typically dominated by the bigger schools. So I think it's an opportunity for the well-unknown schools to go out there and have a chance and really – kind of show their competitive edge you're you're exactly right and first and foremost let's get out ahead of this the elam ending came before the nba all-star game okay so let's very true i'll i'm not even gonna say that it was taken from the nba all-star game they were the innovators and the nba was like hmm they might be on to something create a little suspense hmm exactly exactly well uh, you know that the best players in the world not in the nba are playing in this tournament each and every year have you had a chance to see any games in the past? Um, do you know guys who have played it in the past? What, what other stories have you heard about the TBT? You know, I've actually had a couple former teammates. Uh, there was actually one guy, Chris McCullough. He was uh, he was for Bayheim's Army, I do believe. He yeah, actually got, got a ring. chance. He's got a ring. Yeah. He actually had a chance for the game winner, and he missed the shot in the next possession. His teammate came down and knocked down the shot. So I was kind of rooting for him to, to make that big-time shot because it's on ESPN. It's national coverage. You're getting an exposure out there, and that's really what it's all about, to go out there and have fun. You're like a walking advertisement for TBT right now. I love it. But I think I think you're, you're maybe hiding – 
the fact that, you know, these guys are finishing their season overseas, rolling right into TBT. For example, our guy Robbie Hummel played with the Purdue team last year. He wasn't playing overseas or anything. He was still playing, though, in the three-on-three USA thing. Joey and I saw it firsthand. He was pretty gassed during TBT. What's up, and that's your, a, what's up with your playing shape right now? You know, uh, the playing shape could uh, could use some work. I'm not going to lie, but you kind of get into the playing shape. I know that I have a couple months before the TBT actually even starts, and I know that Coach Stevens, he's actually going to try and hold that little mini camp right before we have to head down to Albuquerque. So hopefully we can kind of get some chemistry, get to know everybody in that short amount of time. But really, you got to hold yourself accountable. That's part of being a professional. You have to go out there and really make sure that you're ready to go. And that's what I'm going to try and do in this, these couple months before it happens. And I've relatively stayed in pretty good shape working out of the gym. It's been hard for everybody. With a pandemic, it's like, hmm, well, I've got my home gym, or do I want to sit on the couch? Uh, hmm, tough one right there. But for me, I've, I've tried not to overeat and everything. Like, you see a lot of NBA players, when they get done, they just balloon up. Well, I haven't done that. So I'm looking forward to the opportunity to get back out there, get the body in shape. Hopefully, trusty, uh, dusty legs are ready to go, but uh, we'll see. When was, when was the last competitive basketball that you played? Shoot, that was back in 2019, the NBA season right there. Other than that, it's been kind of like pickup games here or there at the YMCA, the local gym. Um, I work out with a couple guys to kind of stay fresh and everything, but basketball is just kind of love of the game. I've always had a love of the game and, and making sure to go out there and do it. Because if you don't, yeah, you'll lose it really, really quick. And it's something that I'm very passionate about. I like to go out just to kind of shoot with the hoops. And I have a, a seven-year-old daughter and a four-year-old son, and, and they keep me going. They always like to, to go out and shoot hoops with dad. And, and it's fun and interesting for them. And I try and bring that passion to them as well. But I try not to force the issue with them because I don't want to get them burnt out at such an early age. It's the game is fun right now. Have fun with it. See how many shots you can make in a row. See if you can shoot it off the backboard. See if you can go between the legs. Just simple things like that. And then if things pan out and you get more and more competitive about it, hmm, daddy can step in. <laughs> well, we definitely want to hear some from some NBA stories, your playing days. But before we get to that, who are some potential teammates that you're looking forward to suiting up with on ramp up? You know, there's a lot of different guys. I was actually looking forward to Nico Carvacho trying to get out there and suit up, but he just went through a knee surgery. He's trying to get back out on the floor for himself to play his professional standpoint. So he won't be available, but there's a lot of other potential out there. I mean, I'm a boy. I, I, I cannot say his name because it's got a lot of different vowels in there. But we have a talented group of guys. And even then, I correct me if I'm wrong, it doesn't necessarily all have to be CSU players. There's actually a couple of players that are not CSU players you're on the roster. So you're an expert. I'm trying to learn as I go, but I haven't met hardly any of the guys. I've met them occasionally going back to see a couple of the CSU Ram games. But that's where this training camp is going to be absolutely vital for me because I got to figure out what these guys tendencies are I mean you can only look up so many things on YouTube and Twitter and whatnot so yet again one of those learning curves that I'm gonna have to have a good learning curve about this 
and and you get what the TBT is all about. Clearly, um, from our perspective, some of the fun things that we've heard from other guys in the past, whether it be fans or players, is you know number one, fans love when they get to see different eras playing together. Whether that is they they love Jason Smith or they um, loved X Y and Z ten years later, they love seeing them play just individually, but collectively. It's just amazing. It's the killing two birds with one stone. Uh, on the flip side and in the same lens, um, the opportunity for guys to play, maybe it was a guy that you hosted your senior year in college but never played with, or a guy that your first few years in the league um, was someone that you were like, wow, I wish I would have had a chance to play with him when I was at Colorado State. Whatever the case may be, the players love getting a chance to put on the jersey again and then play with guys that they never had a chance to play with um, beyond that, is there something that's very exciting for you personally to get to play in TBT this year? You know, really just to get back to that competitive nature, because um, you talk about hosting somebody. Well, let's see. I finished college back in 2007. So, yeah, that's uh, there's not too many players still going out there. A lot of the players that I played with, they are high school coaches. They are coaching our team. They, he was right before my generation at CSU. So it's it's a lot of players that are the newer generation that I actually went back to games kind of a, as an alumni and watched them play. And as of recently, I wanted to play with Carvacho, but he's not available. Derek Stevens, I mean, he's still going. And David Roddy, I mean, he's a monster out there, but monster. those guys are still actually still going with Colorado State, so I won't get a chance or opportunity to play with them, but it's going to be fun to see the guys that we do have on the team and go out there and compete. I agree. We're looking forward to seeing you out there. You know, everyone who's fans of yours, whether it's NBA from Colorado State, et cetera, they've been watching you for a long time. You had a long, a long career. This is a tough question. But when you think about playing in the NBA, because everyone's got their story, if someone said, give me your one story that you have for playing in the NBA, it's the only one you're allowed to tell for the rest of your life. What are you telling? I already know what you guys are thinking. I already know what you guys are thinking because you guys definitely did a YouTube search and you're like, Jason Smith highlights NBA. The one story that will come up whenever you type my name into YouTube will be the Blake Griffin shoulder check incident. Yes, it was an incident. Yes. If you watch the entire game, we were going back and forth at each other the entire game. And Blake Griffin at the time was putting people on posters. I mean, jumping over seven footers darn near. So to prevent myself from actually having to become a poster, I decided to throw a little oomph into a transition back defensive play. And I had made the mistake of turning the ball over. Well, our coach always said, if you turn the ball over, regardless, don't hang your head, but get back on defense. I was like, all right, I'm going to take that to heart. Took that to heart. So I'm running back on defense, and a famous player, um, Tayshawn Prince, he was always great in transition of faking out guys or blocking guys in transition or making them think that he was going to go for a steal and, like, darting right in front of them, and they'd lose their balance, so they travel, they fall out of bounds or something. So, in the heat of the moment, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to Tayshawn Prince, and he's going to think I'm going to try and block him. I tried to dip my shoulder in front of him. He dipped his shoulder the same time I dipped my shoulder, and there was two trains that hit a track, and he got <laughs> So, that was my NBA story right there, because anytime anybody asks, oh, man, you play in the NBA, they Google you or they look you up on YouTube, and it's like, 
Blake Griffin. What'd you do to Blake Griffin? I'm like, oh God, it's again. Oh, it's happening again. <laughs> so that's that's my uh, one tale for the NBA story. But from that moment, you kind of gain a respect from different players because they they know you're not going to just lay down and and you're going to be able to dunk all over them. I had countless moments of blocking shots, of staying in defensive possessions, and really utilizing my athleticism to go out there and be the defensive player that I was. So basically, everyone in TBT should fear you. Pretty much. Pretty much. I'm a physical, aggressive player. I like to set hard screens. I'm a pick (laughs) and pop threat. Oh, my gosh. You have no idea. They'll be like, ah, let him shoot it. <laughs> Watch what happens. Nothing but cotton. I uh, I almost don't like that Andrew asked that question now because like now I feel like I can't ask an NBA question anymore. But I'm really <laughs> like you. Um, let's. There's a few that I want to ask, but we'll start with favorite teammate you ever played with in the NBA. Ooh man, that's a good question. Favorite teammate that I ever played with, probably um, as far as just IQ of the game. It's going to be a future Hall of Famer, could possibly get an NBA ring, but playing with Chris Paul down in New Orleans opened my eyes to how a point guard is on the floor, off the floor, in the world. I mean, he was the uh, Players Association president for a while. He was just one of those guys that you knew where you were supposed to be on the floor before you even knew where you were supposed to be on the floor. And if you were in the wrong spot, he would put you in the right spot. And if you didn't know where you were supposed to be, he would tell you he was a floor general to a T. Some players like that. Some players don't. As you see, like he's been on a couple different teams. But take a look at the Chris Paul effect when everybody said, oh, he's washed up. He can't do anything. He's in Houston. And he gets traded to OKC. OKC had no chance to make the playoffs. What happened? Chris Paul effect. He takes the young guys, he teaches them how to play the game the right way, puts guys in the right position to succeed, and guess what? They make the playoffs. And it was almost a storybook ending because he almost beat his former team in the Houston Rockets. It would have been awesome. So from that, you say, you know what? Chris Paul still got it. He's an all-star. Let's take him out to Phoenix with a bunch of young, talented players and see what he can do. He had his former coach in Monty Williams, who was with him in New Orleans, who where I was as well. He takes Devin Booker. You have Aiton. I mean, you can't go wrong with Chris Paul. The fact that what he did for me in my career and, and how I really played the game from then on, cannot thank him enough. So is New Orleans the favorite team that you've ever played on? You know, I would say New Orleans is up there in my favorite teams list just because that was a a breath of fresh air. Sometimes, like, when you get drafted to a team, I was with Philadelphia in my first three years, and sometimes it just doesn't work out, and you, you need a fresh start. Well, New Orleans was my fresh start. It was an opportunity to go down and get more playing time, kind of solidify yourself as an NBA player. And that's where I really got to work with the great coaching staff there. I know Mike Malone is now a head coach for the Nuggets. He was assistant. Yeah, James Borrego, he was an assistant. Now he's a head coach for the Charlotte Hornets. So I got to work with a great group of guys. I mean, Randy Ayers is now still an assistant for Coach Monty Williams in Phoenix. We had a great group of guys. It's just, it's tough to get players in a small market to stay in a small market. AKA Chris Paul, he went off to, to the Clippers. And then David West, he went off to Indiana. So it was tough to keep guys there. And that's just one of the things that you go through. But for me personally, New Orleans, 
was a small market. I came from a small town in Kersey, Colorado. And New Orleans was the same type of aspect. Like it wasn't a big city, not really basketball known. They love their Saints there. They love Mardi Gras. But for me, it gave me an opportunity to focus on basketball, go out there and have fun. The odds were always against us. We were probably never the favorite, but it was a fun time, a fun experience. And really, there's no other city like New Orleans. It's a one of a kind. They find an excuse to throw a party for anything. Oh, we're going to have a red solo cup party. Oh, we're going to have a dress party. We're going to throw a parade. We're going to have Mardi Gras. Just go drink your face off and have fun and, and be merry. It's like, where am I? <laughs> we're, you're, you literally are just a walking advertisement. You're just hyping up everything. Chris Paul, <laughs> New Orleans. Is there anything you I don't try. like? Man, that's, uh, that's tough. I'm not tech typically a negative person so yeah it's very very rare for me to talk bad about, about anything is there something on the menu that would be like no absolutely not at a restaurant yeah, so to keep it in true new orleans fashion raw oysters not a chance really if you char grill them now that's where you can get me going char grilled oysters are way different raw oysters you might as well eat a booger that is disgusting <laughs> That's a good line. That's a good line. You might as well eat a booger. Boogers are significantly smaller than... True, but just imagine the size of an oyster. And, and mind you, I was an oyster-eating contest judge. And I don't know if you guys know this, but the Black Widow, Sonia Brown, she was down there, and they were eating these oysters. And mind you, they're eating, like, dozens and dozens of oysters. Well, apparently... That year, instead of the oysters being like, I don't know, normal size, they were probably about double, if not triple the size. And the competitors were kind of throwing some guff out there. The the, the whole thing was like, oh, there's not going to be records broken today because they're triple the size. And I was like, just watching them eat that stuff, I almost threw up. Oh. I almost threw up. But I was one of the guys that was flipping the card and I was looking at the thing, making sure that they actually ate the whole thing. And it was like, yeah, probably what lost it for you. Uh, did you like them before? Uh, no, I did not like oysters. I never had oysters, but when I go down there, when in Rome, might as well try it. I tried it. I said, no way am I ever going to eat this ever again in my life. Well, did you dress it up? Did you get? Did you? Put, yeah, you put a little hot sauce on there. You put some okay. capers in there. You put All some right. lemon. You put some crackers. You try and dress it up as much as you can. Making sure you're dressing it up, because by itself, it's not. It's it's not that good. But when you dress it up, it's good. You being, in my you opinion, being a, you being an oyster eating judge is like if I was a dunk contest judge. You know, five, ten and a half, white Jewish kid. I should be nowhere near. Yeah. Judging yeah, me contest. not knowing anything about to... oysters, I should not be in an oyster judging exactly. contest. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, well, on this, on a, on a similar yet different note, I want to go back to the NBA because I just have more questions. I'm just curious. Who toughest player you ever had to guard? And I'm not saying on a switch. A guy that you every year you knew you were guarding seven times in a season and you dreaded that night. Dwight Howard. I absolutely hated. I mean, hated going against this man. He was stronger than me. He was more athletic than me. You knew exactly what he was going to do because he was never quick about anything, but you couldn't stop him. He, he had this, and this was the, the, the Dwight Howard of Orlando Magic, like dominant, throw the ball up. He'll go dunk it wherever he is at. Um, who was it? Jameer Nelson, his point guard, just going out there, just throwing the ball up. Turgaloo, throwing the ball up. 
And it's like, oh my gosh. And if he got a rebound, he had his elbows up and they were just like weapons. It was like, stay away from those because anytime you made contact with them, you were either going to be on the floor, you're going to be seeing stars, or coach is going to take you out because you're in foul trouble. More often than not, I was in foul trouble with him because I was like, I, I, what do you want me to do? <laughs> That's a big guy. That's a big, big yeah. guy. I, I have a question that you may have never been asked before. How did, tall you, did you enjoy <laughs> free agency? Did you like, you know, the Ooh. opportunity to look for a new team? You know, maybe you had the opportunity to make a little more money at any point in your career. Did you enjoy being a free agent? You know, free agency for me was a little bit different because it was not necessarily like if you're a major name player, you're always like, oh, man, which city am I going to go to? Who's going to be the highest suitor? For me, it was like, where do I fit in? Where can I get a job? Am I still going to be in the end? Now, that's just my mindset. Now, I was always a pretty half decent NBA player. But for me, it was like, which players would I succeed with? And, and you don't learn that until, well, for me, at least, I didn't learn that until a couple years in. And playing with Chris Paul, you realize, man, wow, this is kind of the system that I could get used to. Like, he made this so easy. And point guards and good players, they make a complete world of a difference. Now, if you're going to a team where it's rebuilding, that's where it's kind of like, oh, do I really want to put myself through that scenario? Because losing a ton of games is not fun. I've been on good teams. I've been on bad. I've been on really bad teams. And I was a part of the New York Knicks for one year, and it was the worst Knicks season in franchise history at the time. I mean, we had a squad in the beginning. We had Amari Stoudemire. We had Mello. We had J.R. Smith. We had Troy or uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. We had Sam D'Alembert. I mean, we had a squad, Amon Shumpert. But when everybody starts getting hurt and Mello goes down and people start getting traded and then they put me in the starting lineup with four different G League guys, it's like, Oh my goodness. What have I gotten myself into? So there are good things and bad things about free agency, but you really have to, to point out the things of how you're going to succeed and what's going to put you in the best possible way to succeed. Because if you don't, if you go to a bad team and, or if you go to a good team and you're not getting any playing time, it's hard to stay in the NBA. It's hard to go out there and keep your spot. If you're not going to be out there on the floor and, and really proving yourself to the coaches, the front office, other front offices that are watching the games. If you're not out there, tough to, tough to keep your job. So, so you mentioned a couple of names that made me think of another question for you. Um, who is a guy in the NBA? Cause you watch as much NBA basketball as, as, as anybody who's a guy in the NBA right now that just is incredible and doesn't get enough love. Oh man, that's a tough question. Incredible. Doesn't get enough love. Hmm, man, you're putting me on the spot with that one. There's a lot of names that come to mind, but incredible that doesn't get enough love. Uh, you know, the first person that I think of because we're playing the Bulls tomorrow. So I got to go with Caruso. I mean, yeah, see, there you go. We're, Bulls we're fan right Chicago. there. We're from Chicago. Caruso. He doesn't get enough credit for what he does. He's like a catalyst. He'll play hard on defense. He's an undersized guy, but he has sneaky athleticism. He's a glue guy willing to do anything and everything to help the team win. It's like, yeah, you're going to do Rosen. Of course, Levine, of course, they, they're getting credit now, but you give a guy Caruso who had to fight to stay on a team in the Lakers earns the respect of arguably one of the, the best players in the, 
entire NBA of LeBron James. And he goes out there and he gets a contract with the Chicago Bulls. And you think, oh, there's no way he's going to do the same thing he did with the Lakers. He's doing that and then some. And the fact that it's fun to watch him play because it's not necessarily he's the biggest or the strongest or the fastest, but the heart that he plays with, the energy and the sneaky athleticism, it's fun to watch that guy play. You're, you're preaching, you're preaching to the choir with Caruso, (laughs) but so we would would die for Alex Caruso. If you know him, Help us get him on the podcast, even though he's not involved with TBT. We'll we'll make it work. You got you just got you just want to talk to him, don't you? Yeah, yeah. We're gonna say we're recording and then just never record and then never. <laughs> hear anything. Yep. I got I got one final question for you, but that may be the start of a bunch of final questions. But I have my first final question for you, which is you know your last name is Smith, so obviously one of your close relatives, Will Smith, got into an altercation at the Oscars. I'm not asking about that. What I'm asking is, was there ever a player or a moment that was trash talking you and you were this close to slapping them? Oh my gosh. There, there was a player that bugged me my entire NBA career. And it was not necessarily that he was just better. I mean, he was a good player. He was undersized. Who? He, he was pesky. I want to see if you guys can guess. Yeah, he I actually played guess. on the Bulls. He played on the Bulls. He's very undersized player. He played on a lot of different teams. He played with Boston. He was a former – this might give it away. He was a former dunk champion. He could have been a football player, if not going to the NBA. Oh, um, A little annoying – Yes. Annoying pest. I mean, this guy, he talks all the time. Undersized. He, I mean, that he's a midget. He's not undersized. Yes. <laughs> so, but no offense, Nate Robinson. Fact, love you, but <laughs> he would try and go out there and dunk on you every single time. And granted, that's what you're supposed to do if you're an undersized guy. Go out there and prove it to everybody else. Hey, I deserve to be here. I belong to be here. But he would hate, I mean, hate it when I screened him. He would just die on my screens, and they were bone-crushing, if I might say. <laughs> and he would always talk a little bit of trash. He'd always try and get under my skin. But there was a moment when we were – I think I was still with the Sixers at the time, and he he went for the ball. He went – it wasn't necessarily a dirty play, but it was a – he undercut Lou Williams going up for a dunk, or a transition dunk or a layup or something, and hit the ground really, really hard. He could have been injured. Thank goodness Lou was not injured. But Nate Robinson, it was kind of one of those things. It was kind of went back to the old 90s basketball. Of, I came up off the bench. I wanted to protect my teammate, and it was kind of one of those things. He was driving towards the basket. It wasn't that, like, I pulled a Blake Griffin on him or anything, but I gave him a little extra oomph on something. And the foul had already been called on somebody else, but he was in the air, and I – kind of went up to challenge it, but I gave it a little bit more oomph and whatnot. He didn't appreciate that very much. And he remembered me every single time that we played. And it was just one of those yippy yappy players like, bro, that was like four years ago. Like, get over it, man. Like, geez, can we just play the game? Good gosh. But yes, Nate Robinson was one of those guys. I will say to, to go on the other end of the spectrum, a guy that I never liked to play against, Kevin Garnett. That man was insane in the membrane. <laughs> he would psych himself out to get going for, for Celtics games. And 
he hated the fact that I had a, I mean, a nice mid-range jumper, pick and pop. He hated the fact that I would splash those in his face all the time. So he starts, I remember this one time I went down and it was a pick and roll situation. I went down, I got an M1, he fouled me. He goes to the stanchion, like starts like headbutting it. Like, oh, don't let that boy score on you. What are you doing, Kevin? What are you doing? And I was like, nobody's going to say anything about this. Like nobody's going to say anything about this. So this is, this is nuts. From that point on, he picked me up like full court. I didn't even have the ball. I, like <laughs> as a big, you're trailing. He's like picking me up at half court, denying the ball from me. But that's the Hall of Fame pet player that he is. That's the intensity that he brings. I, you rise to those occasions or you falter. And it always seemed like any time that I was challenged by a player like that, I, I had a tendency to rise to the occasion because it was fun. Like I was the underdog. I was the unknown player going out there playing hard. Yeah, I got nothing to lose. So it was fun. But, man, I did not like going against that man because I, I never knew if he was – fully there or not or if he would pop off at any given point so i was a little nervous playing against him i just to go back to nate robinson quickly i i'm a little embarrassed that i didn't get it because andrew knows like i pride myself on that silly random trivia stuff when you say undersized i'm not thinking of a point guard because there's no such thing as like an undersized point guard really you know what i mean like there is he was undersized but he was tiny you're right he was tiny like i don't even think he was like like undersized is like Chris Paul is undersized. Well, undersized, undersized point guards run TBT, which is funny that you mentioned True. it. You see this year, they're probably they're, the point hey, guards are gonna, supposed to play last year. They're going to be running under your legs. Hey, that's okay because as soon as I hit them with one screen, they're going to be like, ah, dang man, who just hit me? <laughs> it's coming. Well, Jason, I know we were talking about this before. We, I know you listened to. Our, our show religiously um and so you Absolutely. know how, how we end every interview but just for anybody who's listening who, ha- who doesn't know we end every interview by kind of turning the tables on um on our guests and allowing them the floor to ask any questions that they've been dying to ask us um so without further ado mr smith the uh the floor is yours to ask us any questions that, that you all right ask let's go we finally flipped the tables all right so for the tbt tournament of 2022 there's eight different locations there's 64 different teams who is your favorite to come out and get that one million dollar prize money easy ram up take it home (laughs) that's what i'm talking about baby yeah i'm not i'm not biased i'm gonna go with the ohio state team because i'm not biased at all Ooh, I, so you're taking the ohio not, state team I, they've actually I, won a couple times but once you're you don't think that Bayheim's army could pull a back to back they they definitely could i'm just really unbiased here i did not i go to ohio state i did not play for ohio state i don't know any of the guys on the team none of them were my teammates totally unbiased I've never picked them to win before. So I'm going to pick, so I'm going to pick Carmen's crew. So if I may ask, how much did Ohio state pay you to save this? On I this wish podcast? they paid me something. I'm just, I'm <laughs> heart. Just, just a good alum. Jason, I'm going to, Jason, I'm going to call you out here. I think you've only watched one TBT game and it was the Bayheim's army final last year, but you were able <laughs> to, it may or may not have been the Bayheim's Army final game because I had a little bit of, uh, you know, 
pull in there. I was oh, I was hoping for the Bayheim Army, my my guy McCall. He, he, man, I was pissed that he didn't get that shot to go. You've dropped a lot of knowledge from last year's championship game. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I try. I try. You've got, a jo- you've got a job on this podcast if you want it. You know more than we do. That's for sure. I don't know about that. You guys got a lot of information out there, and I, and I appreciate you guys for having me. It's been fun time, but I'm, I got to go train, man. I got to get, gotta get this body right. You got to. We, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, I followed you from my personal account and the Inside TVT account. Expecting follows back for both accounts. <laughs> okay. All right. Do not hold your breath, but you might hold your breath. We'll see how good of a swimmer you are. Ooh, good oh, line. That's unreal. The death taxes and Andrew's old and asking for followers on, on this show. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. But, but Jason, this was a blast, man. We look forward to having you on here closer to uh, the tournament starting, and, and uh, we will see you along the way without a doubt. Cool. I appreciate the opportunity. I'm looking forward to it. Love it. See you in Dayton. That's where the championship is. That's what I'm talking about, baby. Not just in Mexico, not any of the other regional sites. Dayton is the goal. Blocking out early, that's the dish I don't like. Been getting paid since I was riding on the bike. Hit the pedal with the eighth, hopping on the ninth flight. I've been chilling out of sight. I'll be at the bar tonight. Told the bartender, go and take my car to swipe. You try the same thing, but your car get declined. White rappers nowadays know we're not too hard to find. I'm so dapper with my ways, I'm gonna Riding bars in my basement I'm anxious in the real world It's time for me to say this The basics, the talent in my mind I can't waste it My life is too safe It's my time for it's taking I'm baking my mind Every day it's the same-ish Lazy, my grind needs to get a new facelift Coming from the underground And busting through the pavement Right with it, at least